Terry and Jesse show, Holy Hour of Power, two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. This is where we engage the culture of death with prayer, fasting, and full contact Catholicism. Our program is not right versus left, it is right versus wrong. And this is where Catholicism and culture intersect. Terry, I'm reporting for duty. What about you? I am too, Jesse. I'm excited to report for duty because I, I, I mean, I've got some good news here that I think ties right into the topics of our day here, and that is telling the truth with charity and clarity. For example, the New York Supreme Court reinstates all employees fired for being unvaccinated and orders their back pay. Now, Jess. Wow. Wow. And, you know, Jesse, what we're doing, what we're seeing is more and more that we have 12 states right now that are Republican states that have mandated no vaccine for children going to school. Two of them, two states that are uh, Democratic, give them credit for that. And so I think we're realizing more and more what's happened. And we're going to be talking about that. We've got Dr. Aaron Karodi, who's been on our show many times, to talk about what we've learned from this worldwide crisis. We're going to be talking about unmasking also Dr. Fossey, whose um, his new movie's coming out. We've got to expose him. And then what I really like later in the show, Jesse, Lila Rose, who's spoken here at our chapel many times, she's going to uh, basically demolish the pro-abortion argument on the Dr. Phil show. We're going to show you that and much, much more. But uh, just uh, before I give some other information out, and I say that the the uh, sign, the big banners outside of our church telling people not to vote for no on Prop 1 in California, that's going to make abortion more available, not to Californians only, but to the whole country. And uh, thank you, donors, for helping us put that sign up. Uh, I expect, you know, some people wanting to take it down, but I got a camera, and I will prosecute anybody who does damage to our church. Jesse, one note I want to say, because it's the we have the, the, the uh, elections coming, the Biden administration financed a drag queen show for minors, not in the United States, but we're exporting this corruption into South America because the uh, $20,600 of our taxpayer money financed these workshops uh, and where, where it was in Ecuador, down in South America. So when you go to vote, keep that in mind where your vote's going to. Are you wanting to support the killing of unborn babies, promoting drag queen? Then vote Democrat. And I'm, I'm going to say something really strong. Because I'm going to hold you accountable by telling you that's sinful. It's mortal sin to vote for someone who's going to support killing of unborn babies and financing drag queen programs. That's a mortal sin to vote for that. Okay? And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. But you know what? I'm telling you the truth. Keep that in mind in November. All right, Jess. I'm done. That's right. One has mentioned mentioned something else at the Republican National Committee. This is good news. They filed over 70 lawsuits. Good. Over voting integrity. Yep. Uh, this cycle, they're taking a more aggressive legal posture than in the previous election cycle. Yeah. And the Washington Times reports that the challenges mostly deal with how poll watchers operate at voting sites or how states should count absentee ballots. So again, that's good to see Terry that the RNC is absolutely uh, becoming very aggressive in their pre-election litigation efforts in many states. They want to make sure that there's a successful. Uh, election integrity in all the states on election day, especially. Also, remember, like Terry said, the midterms are just uh, a few days away. Yep. Every Catholic has a moral obligation to vote like a Catholic, not like a pagan. That's right. That means the pro-life issues and the sanctity of marriage have to be uh, foremost in your mind. Yep. 
Uh, it says part of the fourth commandment, voting is, is more, it's, it's much more than a moral duty. It's also a privilege. It's also a civic duty. And so as Catholics, remember what forms our vote. Uh, and I'll tell you, some people say, are you a single issue voter? When, well, it comes to, are you going to, do you vote for killing a baby? Yes or no? Yeah. You can call me a single issue voter. Amen. Yeah, that that because for me, Terry, that's a deal breaker. Of course, Jesse. When, just be, when have we ever had a culture that we said we can justify killing innocent life in the womb? We've never had that. This is crazy to have this kind of talk. And then they say that they're doing good. This is why we're in a situation where they're calling uh, good uh, evil and evil good. Yeah, the, I think there's six. Con- there's 198 countries in the world. There's six countries. That allow the killing of babies uh, all nine months. We're one of them. Uh, the, the U.S. was one of them up until the, the Supreme Court yep. uh, struck it down. So now there's only six countries left. Uh, but still, the fact is, it's embarrassing that that uh, that we were part of those seven countries uh, up until you know up up until Feast of the not, not too Heart long in ago. June. <laughs> yeah, and so. Uh, thanks be to God. But again, we're fighting. It's not over yet. No, we're fighting this on a state by uh, on That's a state right. by state basis. That's right. And the left is fighting. They're fighting like pet bulls, Terry. Oh, yeah. To keep this. Yeah. And that's why we need the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. We need to be able to embrace. If we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we read his word. I, there's no way anybody is going to vote for killing innocent life. OK, that's why I challenge people. And I'm going to point out that Archbishop Chapu just pointed out that uh, Biden is an apostate. And he's not living a Catholic life. And he's 80, what, 77 years old, retired bishop. But, you know, call him out because we want to see him repent and believe in the gospel because that's not the gospel, killing unborn babies and promoting drag queen shows. But, Jess, let's get to the good news. Which and is- promoting uh, euthanasia oh, and medical oh, marijuana oh, and, and same-sex and marriage. And homosexual marriage, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, entitlements and, and yeah. And, uh, and uh, fighting endless wars in the Middle East. I mean, the list goes on. I want to speak, Lord, your servants listening. I want to share with you some soul food right now. I want to share for you the first reading. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a deep dive That's here. That's a good one. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 yep. To, yep. to 33. St. Paul writes the following. Brothers and sisters, notice the way he puts male before female. He's just following the way God has established human social order. Mm-hmm. Man, then woman. And that's... So when you hear somebody at Mass say sisters and brothers... They're modifying it. They're adding that because that's not what it says in the text. And you see it all the time at Mass. Oh, yeah. People say sisters and brothers. That's not what it says. There's a reason why it says brothers and sisters is because that's the pecking order, as you're going to see right now. I was just going to say, the Bible points that out right now. Yeah. Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, so that's a general principle that there's a pecking order. St. Paul says we have to be subordinate to one another. Now he's going to give the actual the actual uh, instructions on how we are subordinate to one another. Now he said, now he's going to give the, how do we do it? Yep. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. By the way, that word subordinate to their husbands is a military term. In the Greek, it's hupotasso. Hupotasso is a Greek military term, which means to arrange in military fashion, a platoon under the leader. So notice just that verse right there indicates that the husband is the leader of this military platoon and the wife is part of this military, uh, you know, operation, this, this, this military arrangement. And it says, for the husband 
is the head of his wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. Again, the husband is the patriarchal uh, principle in the family to, to mediate God's grace to the family. Just like Jesus Christ, a patriarch, the patriarch, is the mediator of grace to the church. See the way the man is supposed to mediate grace of the family like Christ mediates grace of the church. It says, he himself, the savior of the body, this, that's Jesus. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands in everything. Once again, there's that military term, hupotasso. The husband is a general and the, the wife is the second in command in this in this military operation called the church militant within the domestic church. Then it says, husbands, love your wives. That's the highest form of love. It's called caritas in Latin, agape in Greek, which means sacrificial love. Amen. So it's described. How, do, how are we supposed to love our wives? It says right here. It says, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her, in other words, willing to die for your spouse, also to sanctify her. Are you making your wife holy? Okay. Cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So the wife is called to be holy. Who's called to make the wife holy? The husband is. Do you make the wife holy by leading her into sin? And I'm not going to get into detail here. I don't want this is a family show, but uh, trust me, I talk to men all the time and I say, you do what to your wife? You what? And they ask me, hey, Jesse, can I, can I do you? Do, yeah. So the fact is you're called the leader to holiness, not to debauchery, specifically sexual debauchery. Amen. Then it says, so also husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. <coughs> For no one hates his own body, but rather nourishes and cherishes it, even as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Now, here's uh, the, the, there's only true, two genders recognized in the, Holy, in the Holy Bible by God. <laughs> For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. OK, again, this is the key here to social and moral order, family and marriage the way God has established it, not the way the government, the Democrats want to establish it. Then St. Paul says, this is a great mystery. The word mystery is also the Greek word for sacrament. Mysterion is the Greek way of saying sacramentum in Latin. So he's calling this, the whole thing that he just talked about right now between male and female, St. Paul just ends by calling it a sacrament. But I speak in reference to Christ and the church. In any case, each one of you should love his wife as himself. And the wife should respect her husband. Again, this happens naturally. The wife will respect the husband naturally if the husband is seeking to love his wife like Christ loves the church. Well said. And as St. John Paul II said, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. When we come back, we'll bring Fulton Sheen in, and then we'll get right into our public health response to COVID-19. You won't want to miss that. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money... We'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back, folks. We've got Fulton Sheen coming in on the train. Full Sheen ahead. And Benedict XVI is with Fulton Sheen. And here's what 
They were discussing on the train, and you get to hear this discussion. He said to Bishop Sheen, and the world that we live in, 2022 here, he talked about not being afraid. Here he says, be afraid neither of the world, nor of the future, nor of your weakness. The Lord has allowed you to live in this moment of history so that by your faith, his name will continue to resound throughout the world. It kind of reminds me, Jesse, of what Bennett, what um, Henry Newman said, that God has given you a certain amount of time and a certain time of history to do a job that he hasn't given to anyone else, like Jess Romero, like Terry Barber, mm-hmm. like you, our listener. And so I think we have to be focused on Christ and not let the world worry us. Your thoughts, Jess? Terry, uh, you couldn't have said it any clearer. That's that's exactly why people tune into this program, because of moral clarity. Yeah, brother. Uh, yeah, Fulton Sheen, Venerable Fulton Sheen, yep. pray for uh, us. All right, Jess, let's get to where we're going with this video. You yeah, uh, Mr. Engineer, we're going to play a clip of Dr. Aaron Cariotti. He, uh, he's going to give us uh, what went wrong with this public health response to COVID-19. It was a disaster the way we handled it. And it was uh, as a result of mishandling it. It was a worldwide crisis as a, as a result. Yep. So he's going to look at the three biggest mistakes that we made during the COVID-19 lockdowns. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? In 2020, we conducted the largest medical experiment on human subjects in world history without informed consent. That experiment failed. Thousands lost their livelihoods. I myself was fired for refusing the vaccine. Social distancing encouraged citizens to view friends and neighbors as potential threats. One quarter of young adults in America contemplated suicide during lockdowns in June 2020 alone, while anxiety disorders tripled and depression disorders quadrupled. Some would call that unprecedented. Let's take a look at just three mistakes in the public health response to the COVID pandemic. Number one, lockdowns. Lockdowns were never a part of conventional public health. Confining entire populations doesn't work. Yet this approach proceeded without debate. The result? According to a Johns Hopkins review study, enormous economic and social costs and little to no effect on the spread of COVID. Lockdown significantly impacted blue-collar workers who were unable to work from home, resulting in supply chain disruptions. 30 million Americans filed for unemployment in the first two months of 2020. By the end of May 2021, there were 40% fewer small businesses open nationwide than at the start of 2020. Homelessness rose as 11 million households owed $70 billion in back rent. Lines to food banks stretched while incomes shrank. In response, governments pumped trillions of relief dollars into their economies, resulting in massive inflation and untold consequences that will last decades. Mistake number two, vaccine mandates. The narrative for vaccine mandates had three parts. First, it was safe for everyone. Second, it was necessary for everyone. Third, and this point is key, any hesitancy was a PR problem to be overcome. Thus, if you questioned any part of this narrative, you were banished both socially and professionally. In many countries and states, vaccine passports were required to do things like travel, 
eat in a restaurant, attend a public gathering, or even return to our own country. Even some religious authorities adopted vaccine mandates and punished anyone as heretics who questioned their open discrimination against those who, for reasons of conscience or otherwise, requested an accommodation. In any other time, we would have immediately revolted in response to these draconian measures. But this was deemed okay, even necessary, because we were told that enforced vaccines were the only way back to a normal life, something that subsequent waves of the virus and vaccine boosters made a perpetually moving target. Throughout all of this, we saw the most sinister mistake of all, the deployment of fear, stoked by 24-7 news reports tracking case counts and COVID deaths, the populace cowered at home in fear. Meanwhile, private health insurance companies doubled their earnings on money they had not spent on patient care. And data that might reduce our fear of COVID was withheld by public health agencies like the CDC. This led to broad distrust of the scientific community and of our public health leaders in general. Americans were scared, alone, and angry. And that's how it was engineered to be. An entire population moved not by data or reason, but by psychological manipulation. Free people acting together must clearly demonstrate that there are strict limits to what citizens will accept under the rubric of a public health emergency. In the wake of the COVID pandemic, reestablishing healthcare privacy, conscience rights, open scientific debate, and respect for alternative views must be a priority as we look to have essential and robust public discussion about these policy issues. There are human and spiritual goods that should never be surrendered, especially under extraordinary circumstances. When and if another pandemic happens, we must be ready, not just with medicines and vaccines, but with a humane approach to social, economic, and health policy that is worthy of the people that these policies are supposed to protect. I'm Dr. Aaron Cariotti, a physician and director of the Bioethics and American Democracy Program at the Ethics and Public Policy Center for Edify. Wow, God love him, Jesse. Everything the, he said, I agree totally with what he said. He paid a price. He lost his job. Big He's a time. doctor. He, he, has, he had a good job, I think, at UC Irvine. Irvine. UC Irvine, yeah, of course. They walked him out. They escorted him out like he was a criminal. Yep. And uh, you could see, he, he recorded it. Uh, it's on YouTube. Yep. Uh, and it's just sad to see he was there like I think for 15 years, oh, yeah. and they recorded him like he was like some type of a you know low life shoplifter. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and I'll tell you, he said he talked about something very important that this whole thing is based on fear. Yes. First of all, the devil wants us to live in fear. Okay. And 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 this is why the devil's also constantly using you know misfit human beings, mis uh, malformed. Uh, uh, human beings, malformed moral conscience. Yes, that uh, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to die. If you don't get stand six feet apart, you're going to die. If you don't put on a mask, you're going to die. The globalists are always talking about, you know, they got a fascination with death. To, uh, death. Yes, and, and and so do the big tech guys. Yep. You know, if you don't do this, we're going to turn off your grids. Fauci, Bill Gates, and the globalists. Uh, Terry, th- this. The, this whole thing was to engender fear. That's right. And guess what? It worked. 
But we're supposed, as Catholics, we're supposed to trust in Jesus. That's the message of the entire Holy Bible and the message of the Catholic faith is do not worry. Do not live in fear. Don't worry about somebody that can kill the body. Only fear God who can kill the soul because it's God who decides when we die, uh, not COVID. You know, Jesse, what you just said about fear the psychiatrists have told us that it shuts off our rational decision-making. We have poor judgment because when we have fear, we don't know what to do except to cower down. And I think that there's another element. If the faith was strong in America and our trust in God was strong, the response would have been different. We wouldn't have been fearing it. And I think that this was perfect timing as the churches were weakening their teaching of the gospel. I'm just saying Catholic and non-Catholic. We, we, we were seeing a secularization of our culture. And so when there were fewer and fewer Christians who are willing to say, wait a minute, I'm not afraid of some virus. I'm not going to do this. See, they were counting on people having weak faith, and they found out that they were correct because look what the majority of the culture did. They weakened to it. Including the bishops that just caved I, I into it just as well. Bridge, as a matter of fact, I'll bring it up. Archbishop Vigano said the Vatican, the Holy Father, needs to apologize for what he mandated regarding these vaccines because of what we know now, it was unnecessary. And I agree with the Archbishop. Yep. I just, I'm not in management, I'm in sales, brother. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad that people like Dr. Eric Cariotti, who's paid a, good, uh, a, a big oh. price. People like uh, the doctors and the American frontline doctors, yes. they're the ones told, Terry, that very early on, they they pointed at this whole scamdemic, pandemic, and they said, the emperor has no clothes. You got it. They're the ones that told us, these guys are lying to us, they're exaggerating these stories, this is pure propaganda through the media, and uh, we have to resist the lies and the smoke and mirrors being put out by our, by the globalists and by big tech and by Fauci. And here's the way they, they already planned this because they, they, they know the way human human psychology operates. They Americans for two years were under what I would call the Stockholm syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when uh, a, a bad guy kidnaps a bunch of people and they have them hostage and the people are, you know, urinating their the victims, urinating their pants, pooping in their pants. They're hungry. So the bad guy gives them some, maybe some hamburger, lets them use the bathroom. So what happens is the victims now start saying to the law enforcement, oh, he's a nice guy. Treat him. Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. He let us use the bathroom. He gave us a glass of water when we were hungry. He loosened the ropes on our wrists so it wouldn't hurt us that much. That's called the Stockholm Syndrome. And that's what the globalists have done. They throw, they've thrown some crumbs at us. Yep. And the, and the majority of Americans are, are swooning and saying, oh, Biden and Fauci and the Democrats, they're so kind. They're so kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this is, this is classical psychological operation yep. of the human p- people. And there was a study by Dr. Stanley Milgram over in Yale. And he said, he proved it in the study that people will shut down their moral conscience right. if someone in authority, like a doctor, yep. tells you to do something unjust or something wrong, uh, authority will override your conscience with most people. And uh, the experiment was 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 proven uh, about 30 years ago in Yale, in Yale University. You can watch it on the internet. Type in the Milgram experiment on us. 
That experiment demonstrates that authority overrides our capacity to think critically, and that's exactly what they did to us for two years, Terry. And, you know, another element is that when we say that, hey, it's legal, that must mean it's okay. We have a mentality in our country that says, well, the government says it's okay to kill unborn babies, so that must be okay. No. See, the problem is we've put too much trust in man and not any trust in God, because if we understood Revelation— Every life is sacred, and that's what we're missing here regarding this pandemic, so-called pandemic. And when we come back from the break, Jesse, I, you know, you've got this unmasked uh, Fozzie, a mask uh, that we have another little clip here. This is amazing because what's happened is we got, um, like you said, the emperor has no clothes on, and we're finally figuring it out after the fact. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Don't forget, after this show, Bishop Joseph Strickland, who said, I quote, Catholics should correct bishops whose teachings don't conform to apostolic faith. Yeah, wow. he said that today. Listen to that statement today after our show. We're going to talk about that and much more after the Terry and Jesse show. We'll be right back, folks. Jess, I just want to say, why don't you set the stage for this next segment here, brother? Yes. Uh, Anthony Fauci. Yeah. A fake Catholic. Uh, this guy's been front and center for several years now because this guy has been a medical dictator. Yep. There's there's a there's a Democrat Terry, surprisingly enough, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yes. That's been going after him and exposing uh, uh, this criminal, this white collar criminal, Anthony Fauci. And uh, it's it's a short little article. Then we'll comment on it. Sure. It says. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., board and lead board chair and lead counsel of children of, of children's health defense. Here's what he said, quote, and that's who we're dealing with today. People who have that arrogance of power, people who believe they can get away with anything, yep. including the destroying the lives of our children. Close quote. He's talking about Anthony Fauci. That's right. Now, the mainstream media uh, may not remember who Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is. He's the son of former U.S. Attorney General Robert Kennedy, and now today they label him a vaccine denier. Even though he's a Democrat, <laughs> they label him a vaccine denier because, again, he's into he's a lawyer. He's into facts. Yes. But his record as a skilled litigator who has beaten back chemical giant Monsanto, that speaks for itself. Robert Kennedy Jr., he's authored and edited 10 books. His most recent book, The Real Anthony Fauci, is a bestseller on Amazon and is now a feature-length film. Yeah. While the data-packed book has found a wide audience, the film is likely to be even more popular. <clears throat> Robert Kennedy Jr. says, quote, The disturbing story unfolds here, has never been told, and many in power have worked hard to prevent the public from hearing it. The principal character is Anthony Fauci. Mm -hmm. Producer Jeff Hayes, two-hour film documents, uh, all the horrors Americans have been enduring for nearly three years. Because it's not over yet. Because uh, uh, Biden just extended this, by the way. Right. Uncovering Fauci's role in the global pandemic. From the double masking recommendations to the unreliable PCR test. By the way, some have caused brain damage in some people because they shoved that Q-tip all the way up to the person's brain. Yeah. The real Anthony Fauci is a reminder of how Americans were manipulated. Here's what Robert Kennedy Jr. says, quote, it, 
In comes Tony Fauci, the savior of the West, promoting these actions, lockdowns, masking, etc. This was my first impression of him because I had already been dealing with him for 17 years. And I had a skepticism about him because I knew that he was the architect of agency capture within the public health agencies. The assembled images and testimony are powerful in this video. Seeing incident after incident, for example, of young male athletes dropping on the field is not just horrifying, but maybe evidence of potential crimes in the future against Fauci. And potential crimes continue. On Thursday, a CDC advisory panel voted unanimously to include the COVID vaccine on the agency's recommended vaccination schedule for children six months and older. Amazing. Unbelievable, Terry. Yeah, see, one more element in that. That book of, of Mr. Dr. Kennedy's book uh, sold a million copies as of today. And guess how many reviews people did of his book in the social media? Zero. Nobody wanted to touch it because they were afraid, like he and others like us, got booted off YouTube and other social medias because they were deniers, supposedly. But now what's happened, over a million people read his book, and now Jeff Hayes, I saw the interview on the, on the movie he's doing, is exposing all of this, and now people are going to see it that way. So I think we're seeing the fruit. Earlier in the show, we mentioned New York Supreme Court making a strong statement that all those people who refused to get vaccinated and lost their jobs get their jobs back, plus back pay. And I see this happening more and more. So I think we're making progress. Two, a year ago, none of this would have happened, Jesse, because they, they just wouldn't let it out. But I think the truth is coming out. And I want to thank uh, the, 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 I want to I personally thank Dr. Kennedy and also Jeff Hayes for doing what they're doing and telling us by showing documentation of the facts of what really went on. So I thank the both of them for that. Yeah, uh- Terry, as a result of what Fauci's done the last three years, him and Biden oh, yeah. and the globalist and his, and his friends uh, across the pond at the World Economic Forum, yeah. tens of millions of Americans, they faced being fired, kicked out of school, removed from the military. Why? Be- not because they're refusing medical care. Uh, no, because they have more faith in, in, in you know, they have, they have faith in God and they're exercising their rights. They don't want to get an unnecessary jab to uh, to overcome a virus that has a ninety nine percent survival rate exactly. for the for the for the vast majority of the of the population. And all of this comes after unelected President Joe Biden. He declared war on eighty million, or like you know, or likely more than that, Americans. Who refused to participate in this in this what I would call this the biggest lab rat experiment in human history? Remember when he threatened us that all of us have to get the jab or else. Now, personally, uh, I for one, I'm, I'm not going to let our godless Democrat communist government right now stick my arm with anything. I'm just not. Nope. With 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 some mRNA experimental injection, we 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 know the side effects. Sure. You can watch them on YouTube. People are just dropping dead. Can, can I make it personal, Jesse? Yes. I have a couple hundred funerals oh. a year here, and I see little kids dying from vaccination shots. I see older people in their 30s and 40s and saying, what happened to him? Oh, he got vaccinated. 
at, but we don't want to talk about it. So my point is, I see not just anecdotal statistics. I, I see the family suffering because a loved, fa- a loved one died because he got vaccinated. So they don't want me to say that on the air. Guess what, Jesse? I will say it. I'm a witness to it. It's, it's horrible. And then think about what all the depressed people who have committed suicide because of the lockdowns, like the good doctor was telling us. This has been a mess, and we need to uh, straighten it out. And there's only one way to straighten it out, in my opinion. Yeah, we expose the errors with truth, but also give people hope in Jesus Christ. That's the answer, Jess. Yeah, and I'll tell you also, Fauci and Bill Gates, these guys should be prosecuted. I agree. And if they don't get prosecuted in this lifetime, they will go to the judgment seat of Christ and they're going to answer for all these people that have dropped dead as a result of their little experiment. And one of the, there's some good news as a result of all of this. There's at least 11 states in the country right now that have said no to any mandatory COVID-19 shots for school children. So regardless of what the CDC says, uh, 11 governors are saying, nope, not in my state. We're not going to force our kids to get a COVID vaccine to go to school. Also, another bit of good news is you have a a heavyweight academic, Dr. Marty Macari of John Hopkins University. He's criticizing the CDC openly uh, he's criticizing the, the, their advisory panel for voting to recommend that COVID-19 shots be added to the child immunization schedule. schedule. Yes. He, he's warning. That's awesome. Uh, he's warning that there is no evidence to show reduction in disease in that age range for school children. So we got one uh, academic from John Hopkins University speaking out against this madness. Let me give an update, Jesse. Over yeah, a dozen Republican states... Uh, are refusing to mandate COVID shots for school children. Two of them are Democrat. But here's an interesting note. Vaccine makers, okay, for these this vaccine, they just destroyed 100 million doses of COVID shots due to low demand, meaning they can only have these, they're only good for a certain amount of time. And it seems to me that that's a really good sign that the demand is low because people are being exposed to what's going on. So more and more states uh, you know, from Florida, Indiana, Iowa, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, and then uh, the Democratic states, Colorado and Connecticut. Many more states are currently writing these laws. Uh, so I think we're we're making progress. But think about 100 million doses that are being flushed down the toilet because they have a low demand. I think we're making progress, brother. There's also a French general, a military general. Oh, yeah. Christian Blanchon. I love him. And he published a tribute letter to the unvaccinated <laughs> That's right. in September 2022. Yep. So this this French military general, yep. Christian Blanchon, he calls citizens in France who refuse the COVID injections, he's calling them superheroes. He said people who resisted COVID-19 jabs are superheroes who embody the best of humanity, according to this French general. So, Terry, again... People are waking up and they're fighting back. You're, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We're talking about uh, Fauci. Again, most of our leaders, unfortunately, have caved in yep. to the scandemic pandemic pressure. And even most in, of our... Tr- even in the church, Jesse. Yeah. In fact, Terry, uh, Matt Walsh, who's making quite a, na- quite a name for himself, a good Catholic young adult, yep. uh, he wrote a book before the last book, What is a Woman? He wrote a book, it's called 
A Church of Cowards, A Wake-Up Call to Complacent Christian. <laughs> what a great title. And Matt Walsh, this young adult Catholic, he called out the church leaders yep. for acting like a bunch of cowards in the face of this riot virus. And that's why he titled the new book as such, A Church of Cowards. And he's a practicing Roman Catholic Christian. A Wake-Up Call to Complacent Christians. As I said before, we're supposed to trust in Jesus. That's the whole message of our Catholic faith. We're not supposed to trust in Fauci, Bill Gates, George Soros. These guys want to reduce the population of the earth. They want to use Big Pharma to kill us. And I can tell you there's one doctor after another. You know, Dr. Rashid Batur, Dr. Yvette Lozano, Dr. Chris Martenzo, Dr. Tenpenny, Dr. Kerry Medej. These are our frontline doctors. All of them have been telling us that the government is playing us for fools. They've all, they're all telling us that our scientists are, from the CDC are lying to us. They're saying this is the biggest scam ever perpetrated upon the human race. They're saying this is a Trojan horse to patent humans, uh, if you will, to change our DNA. Uh, they're saying it's not a vaccine. It's an experimental mRNA gene code. It's an experiment on the human race, Terry. And remember, the company that produces this vaccine has no liability for any downsides for the people. So this is another reason I wouldn't do it. And I'm getting texts from people. Hey, Alex, up in San Francisco, he said, I'm still looking for a job. They want vaccination cards. What should I do? And he says, no jab for me. Well, God bless you, Alex. I'm getting more people texting me <laughs> saying that, hey, ain't going to happen, man. I'm not going to compromise. Jess, we're not going to take a quick break because we've got some technical problems. So okay. we're going to continue on. And um, I, I know this next segment with um, with our good friend Rosa, uh, Lila Rose is absolutely uh, uh, incredible. So I don't know if Mr. Engineer can. Yeah, let, let me just, let, let me just mention that we're going to play three clips. Yes. Oh, we can't have clips now. We got some problems with our oh, technology. Okay. okay, so why don't you describe what went on with Doctor Phil? Yeah, I I wasn't sure about Doctor Phil because I don't really watch him. Yeah, uh, but he's from Texas, so I thought ah, you know, he's probably conservative. Mm-hmm. Probably has a you know traditional worldview. No, he's a lefty. Oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a Texan man of the left, and it was so he invited Lila Rose. On his Dr. Phil show. Okay? Mm-hmm. And now I know why he's been so long on so long. But he's a leftist. And they love it because he's a Texan leftist. Mm-hmm. And you can see... That the the videos are worth watching. Obviously, right now, our, our, our studio is not... Uh, we're having technical problems. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening, Terry, it was a three-on-one. Yeah, d- d- You had the leftists that were debating Lila Rose... And Phil, Dr. Phil was jumping in for the pro-aborts, for the pro-abort leftists against Lila Rose. It was so obvious he had contempt oh, yeah. for her. Did not like her. But I'll tell you, uh, as you watch her and you watch her arguments, mm-hmm. you basically could see her. She demolished the pro-abortion argument, especially Dr. Phil's argument. I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible. What Dr. Phil said, a doctor said, there's no scientific evidence uh-huh. uh, that, uh, that, uh, that's, uh, what's inside ba- the yeah. mother, the, the, you know, the, cons- the, what's inside a mother uh, during pregnancy is a human being. Is it? I like her response to that. What did she say, yeah. Jesse? So let, let me, we got the article here, yeah. so we'll go through it. Oh my God. So it says, um, so live action founder, Lila Rose yep. discussed and defended her pro-life position on Dr. Phil's show on September 12th. 
Dr. Phil the leftist, by the way. Now, now I know. <laughs> the show brought on the pro-life advocate to discuss life in America after the fall of Roe versus Wade. The show focuses on one mother who could not obtain an, an abortion after Louisiana's pro-life law went into effect. The mother said her baby would not survive after birth. Devastatingly, the young woman traveled to New York for an abortion anyway. Lila Rose powerfully expa- explains and debunks this Carrie Tiberi pro-abortion argument, mm-hmm. along with several other common narratives. She also explains when life begins and debates host Phil McGraw and other pro-abortion audience members. Again, uh, so here's, here's one of the, the tweets that Lila Rose sent out. She said, quote, Every pro-abortion group, Planned Parenthood, ACLU, mm-hmm. NARAL, etc., supports abortion on babies up until birth for any reason without restriction. They know it's extremely popular with most Americans and a losing issue. I asked the head of National Organization of Women to explain their position, and she dodges it. You can see it on the video. Oh, yeah. It was classic. This is a here's a young Lila Rose taking on this old feminist <laughs> pro-abort yeah. and just stuffing her arguments down her throat, Terry. Yeah, what I like so much about it, um, she said, laws are meant to protect the weak. Who is the weakest in our society? A child. Whether you live 10 minutes, 10 years, or 100 years, you're a human and have a right to be killed. And what I like what she said, too, about, you know, when Dr. Phil says, there's no consensus among scientific community that life begins at conception. (laughs) Really? She says that's simply inaccurate. I like her language. I would have said that was a lie, Dr. Phil, but she was much more pleasant. She said 96% of biologists affirm the fact Dr. Phil, you keep speaking over me, and that's because I assume you don't want me to finish my thoughts. Still yeah, feisty. I like He it. was rude to her. Of when course. When you watch the video, he, he was classless. Yeah. I mean, shame on this guy. I agree. This guy should know better. He's an old fart like us, Terry. <laughs> yeah, and this exactly. guy's treating a young lady, yeah. uh, treating her indecently exactly. in public. It was so condescending. But you know what? She maintained her poise. She did. She was great. She was classy. Yeah. And uh, and and she just just kept correcting him. Yeah. Uh, you're wrong, Doctor Phil. You're wrong, Doctor Phil. I love it. And you know what I love about Lila? She's Lebanese like I am. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and she, well, she and, and she's, she's a Lebanese a beautiful, lover of Jesus. Yeah. Christ, she too, right? she loves Jesus Christ. I know that. I've talked to her. Yeah. Here's the bottom line, though, Jess. If you can kill an unborn baby, why couldn't you be rude and ruthless with someone who disagrees with your position? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. So here's another tweet that Live Action put out. Uh, It says, Lila Lila Grace Rose powerfully responds to abortion advocate on on at Dr. Phil. She said, laws are meant to protect the weak. Who is the weakest in our society? A child. Whether you live 10 minutes, 10 years, or 100 years. You're a human and have the right to not be killed, close quote. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this post, it reads, it, I mean, Lila Rose is powerfully responding to abortion advocate on the Dr. Phil show. And uh, what we have to do in our part, Terry, we got to continue praying for the protection of all the unborn. That's right. And I'll, I'll tell you the go-to saint for this is Our Lady Guadalupe. Oh, yeah. She's the go-to saint, so please pray to Our Lady Guadalupe what, what, for foreign and to protect. Yeah, see, the why don't you theory. make the connection? Why Our Lady is the protector of the unborn when what took place 
back in Mexico like 500 years ago. Why don't you explain that? You got sure, a couple I'll make, minutes. I'll make it. Yeah, we got some time. Yeah. I'll make it simple. Yeah. Uh, all the apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary around the world, I think which have been 14 that have been approved, mm-hmm. all the apparitions are the same Mary from the Bible, That's from right. the New Testament. Uh, mother of Jesus, wife of Joseph, mm-hmm. daughter of St. Anne and St. Joachim. There's no... There's no hundred Marys, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Lourdes, Our Lady of Las Let. No, there's only one Mary, Mother of God. Now, God has given her permission to appear to different people in different countries at different times to give the same message, to bring people back to the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. All the Marian apparitions are meant to bring people back to her son, Jesus Christ. Now, Let's talk about Mexico because that one in particular, that's the only apparition that I, the only Marian apparition where there's physical evidence that, were, that was left on planet Earth. All the other apparitions, there's eyewitness testimony. And that's good because, I mean, eyewitness testimony is, is valid in the court of law. Sure. But in, in Mexico, you not only had eyewitness testimony, you also have physical evidence that was left. Mary appeared. Uh, like an indigenous Indian. She called herself Our Lady Guadalupe. This was back in 1531. Uh, the, the, the Aztecs had controlled Mexico 500 years ago. It wasn't called Mexico. It was called Tenochtitlan. Uh, the Aztecs were savages. Just look at the movie Apocalypto with Mel Gibson. If you want to see what the type of culture that the Aztecs uh, that they cultivated now, the Aztecs were also very smart. They were the best, uh, you know, architects, engineers, astronomers. They had the best army. So they defeated all the other indigenous Indian tribes in, uh, in South America. They, they, and they made people their prisoners and their slaves. And they would take their, wife, their wives uh, as concubines. And they would take the boys and the girls to work the fields. And so Our Lady Guadalupe appeared to St. Juan Diego, an indigenous Indian, Four times, and she gave him a message. But the reason she appeared, because because from heaven's vantage point, heaven was seen indigenous Indians worship demon deities. The Aztecs had their own religion, the Aztec religion, they worshiped demons. Tonantú, Tonantzin, Quesocotle, and many other demon gods. Uh, remember what Psalm 95 in the Old Testament says, the gods of the Gentiles are demons. And so the Aztecs built these big pyramids, and in these pyramids they would take the babies up there. Babies. Exactly. This is again what this is what happened in the Old Testament with Moloch and Baal, when when the Canaanites and Philistines would take their babies before these Canaanite deities. The Aztecs would do the same thing in Mexico; they would take it before uh, their Aztec gods on the top of the pyramid, and they would sacrifice the babies. They would, with a, with a knife, they would cut open their chest. They would pull out the heart. They'd eat the human heart. They'd cut the head off. They would make little decorative skull shrines with the with the skulls of the, of the of the victims who says they cut off. They would also take virgins up there, slaves and prisoners. But they preferred female female virgins and babies. That was a preferred victim for the demon deities uh, of the Aztecs. And then they would throw the body down the the pyramid, and the Aztecs on the bottom of the pyramid. Uh, that were at the base of the pyramid, they would eat the body. They would cannibalize the body. Unbelievable. This is what was happening in Mexico 500 years ago. Our Lady Guadalupe appeared as one of them. Yep. 
And as a result of that, she gave them a message and talked to them about Jesus Christ, the one true God. And she talked to them about uh, that a chapel needs to be built here. No more sacrifices ever have to occur. You know, my son has already died once and for all for the sins of the world. And so the Aztecs, by the power of the Holy Spirit and by some good Spanish uh, Franciscans and and priests that were over evangelizing, uh, they were able to bring in the Aztecs, basically the Blessed Virgin Mary was able to bring in the Aztecs to convert to Christianity. Millions, right? Yeah. 67 yeah. million. Yeah. yeah. Within, yeah, within, at, at the, at right around that time, something like 5 million Catholics in Europe were leaving the Catholic faith right. because of Martin Luther. Right. Over in Mexico, 8 million pagans were coming into the Catholic Church as, as a result of the Blessed Virgin Incredible. Mary. Incredible. And so the name Guadalupe is a, is an indigenous Indian name, which means the woman who crushes the serpent. The woman who crushes the serpent. Genesis 3.15. There you go. There's a connection. So St. Juan Diego is told by Mary, this is my name, Guadalupe, the, awesome. one, the woman who crushes the, head, the, the serpent. And again, there's another John, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, John, John the Apostle, That's right. who, who also talks about the woman uh, clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, Revelation and on her head 12. a prod of twelve stars. Yep. So Mary is the same woman in the book of Revelation, chapter twelve, the cosmic queen. She's the same woman in the book of Genesis three fifteen, the woman that was given power and authority by God the Father to crush the head of Satan. And so it was it was Our Lady of Guadalupe's apparition four times to Saint Juan Diego that brought in the conversion of pagan Aztecs into Roman Catholic Christianity awesome. under the Spanish Empire. What a great story to end our show with. And that's why Our Lady of Guadalupe is the patron of the unborn. Yeah. And we need to continue. That's why you see at abortion clinics many Catholics who pray the rosary with that image of Our Lady yeah. of Guadalupe there. Just she's the go-to saint. That. Yeah, she she's really go- is. She's the go-to saint for the pro-life movement. Yep. Catholics have go-to saints for everything. Yep. Again, because uh, for us, uh, we want our saints... Uh, uh, we we want them to be busy in the plane, and we want them to be activated in the playing field, not unemployed, and uh, and that's why we call them the communion of saints. Uh, in in heaven, they're called the celestial court or the communion of saints. But the fact is, Terry, all I can say is I'm very proud of Lila Rose. Oh, absolutely! This young lady stood up uh, to <laughs> Doctor Phil, that's right, to a bunch of pro boards for the National Organization for Women. And uh, and I'll tell you one thing. She did a stand-up job. She she was classy. She was poised. Yep. And uh, God bless her and live action. May God give them many years of of of, of doing uh, work in the Lord's vineyard. And if folks didn't miss the news about uh, the New York Supreme Court reinstating all employees fired for being unvaccinated, the order is also ordering back pay for these pre- people. This is incredible because New York's not known for being really conservative, but they are doing this for all those folks, and I want to commend the Supreme Court for doing that. Now, up next here on Virgin Most Powerful, for those who don't know, we have Bishop Joseph Strickland every week here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, and uh, he talks for an hour with me regarding some of the issues of the day. But today, he's talking about Catholics, you, our listener, saying that we should correct bishops whose teachings don't conform to the apostolic faith. And he's quoting mm. St. Thomas Aquinas in the Summa. Mm. It says this, Jesse, and then I'll let you finish it up. Yeah. He said that, that when scandal takes place, and let's say a bishop or you know, whoever it is as a high official in the church 
is teaching something that's not part of the deposit of faith and scandal can take place, you, a lay people, are needing to stand up and correct him with all humility. See, Jesse, I believe that St. Thomas Aquinas pointed out that when scandal takes place, uh, then you can't do anything but correct it. And that's why we do that on a regular basis, because scandal is what what takes people away from Christ. And so we need to speak the truth in charity. Your thoughts? Yeah, Terry. Amen. Preach it, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I would say is this, just to prove that a baby, from a theological, from a spiritual point of view, that a baby uh, is a human person in a mother's womb. Mm-hmm. The moment, at the moment of fertilization, yes. when the sperm enters the egg and a zygote is formed, mm-hmm. the, the Catholic Church has taught that's the moment that God uh, sent, plants a soul into that zygote, into that, right. into that uh, sperm-egg fusion that we call a, a zygote. At that moment, the zygote rece- receives, because that's the first stage of human conception, that that stage, the, uh, the zygote receives uh, a guardian angel. All I can say, if that wasn't a human being, God's not going to send a guardian angel to uh, just an inanimate object like a rock or a tree, uh, you know, or, or something that doesn't have life. No, God sends a guardian angel to human beings that have an eternal soul that will live forever. And, you know, Jesse, you talked about the saints being our model. I, you, you know, you've heard me say the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. I would say this, the unemployment rate for the saints, let's put them to work. Jesse, we're, we got 20 seconds left. What state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. And as the Bible says over 300 times, do not be afraid. Only believe in Jesus. Terry, take it Amen. away. Amen. Don't forget Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's do it. May God richly bless you and your family.